Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following presentation is an Marvel Studios production. Hunters and truth seekers from around the world. It's time for another edition of the Fact Hunter Podcast. Happy New Year. 2024 is finally here. And listen, we've been talking about 2024 for quite some time, right? It's going to be the big year when all bets are off. There, there's possibility that 2024 makes 2020 look like breadcrumbs, right? We're only two days, not even two days, we're, we're 36 hours into the new year, we've had major earthquakes, we've had airplane debacles, we had an escalation between Russia and Ukraine last night, which you may not have saw on your daily Fox News report or whatever the case may be, but there was a huge escalation last night with Russia sending in a large salvo of hypersonic missiles into Ukraine last night. Escalation there, and within the last hour, Salah Al Aruri, who was the deputy command, uh, excuse me, the deputy chairman of the Hamas Political Bureau, but moreover the commander of the Al Qassam Brigade's military operations for the West Bank, has just been killed in a decapitation strike by Israel in the Lebanese capital of Beirut. A huge escalation there. You will see uh, a large response in the next twenty-four to forty-eight. Uh, tomorrow morning, uh, the Secretary General of Hezbollah, Hassan Nasrallah, said he will be addressing the world tomorrow. Um, you have the Houthis and Yemen and the Red Sea attacking U.S. ships. Uh, you have Iran just evacuated Syria, and nobody knows why. They just up and left. Are they just considering a strike on Israel and they want all bodies present in Iran for the launch? Or are they tired of getting hammered over there? There's still, to this day, a lot of U.S. troops uh, getting injured in Syria and Iraq. And again, these things 
are not on the mainstream media's radar. That's why it's so important that you find reliable alternative news sources. And as things progress, you know, we will certainly pick up on our side as well. Because, uh, again, we've been saying for a long time, 2024 may be the year that they, you know, all bets are off. Right? Because I think they figured out, maybe just maybe, that the whole flu game, they can't get away with it again. At least not anytime soon. Look, they waited 100 years between pandemics, right? 1918 and 2020. Sure, you had the 1968 Hong Kong flu and they tried to push the one in the 70s uh, where those vaccines went really sideways and the Ford administration was really, really um, embarrassed and injured and, and killed some people. One of the individuals were, were featured on that 60 Minutes episode back in, what, 79, 1979? So they're always one or two steps ahead of us. And we have to be vigilant. You have to, as we say, keep your head on a swivel because they are always two steps ahead of us. But this may very well be the year. Um, so be vigilant, my friends. And again, don't wait for something to happen to, to start preparing. Because once the next big event happens, everyone's first thought will be, just like back to COVID, Got to get to the grocery store, got to get all that toilet paper, and, and all the things will become uh, supply and demand again. And you don't want to be left hanging. So as we say, if you stay ready, you'll be ready. Pick up a little extra every time you go to the store. So there you go. Happy New Year to everyone, and God bless you all. Thank you for your continued support. With that being said, I do want to thank Billy and Colleen for your continued support and your generous uh generous excuse me donations and if you'd like to support the show uh you can send us your donations to PO box 109 Goldsboro Maryland 21636 and don't bother writing that down uh the address is always in the show notes and at the bottom of the website folks over the next week we have a lot more information coming your way uh new updates um uh, lots of cool stuff coming your way getting you more involved with the podcast. As always, the podcast will always be found, whether you listen to us on Spotify or Spreaker or iHeart or Apple, that will never change unless, of course, we get the boot. Uh, however, we are looking to make the website more updated, more user-friendly. We're going to be blogging and having opinions and guest writers. Um, it's really going to be a one-stop shop because, like I said earlier, you can't trust the mainstream media and there's still to this day, it bothers me. I, there's a guy on social media, I think his name is Jack Posobiec, and he has all these right-wingers on there getting people all riled up, saying, if we don't get Trump elected in November, it's the end of the world. And, and everybody's focus is just so sideways, right? The federal government should be minimized. And there's, listen, we've been promised <laughs> for 200 years about change, and how every senator and every congressman is going to go down to D.C. and enact term limits. Well, guess what, folks? We've never had term limits. The banks always win. We always lose. We get taxed out the butt. Lies, lies, lies. Yeah, just like the Thompson twins said, right? So, right, playing the same game and expecting a different outcome every time is the, the true definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. So 
Uh, we've been telling our listeners for a long time, get out of that left-right paradigm. Just get out of it. Because remember, going back to the 1600s, when the Puritans came over, they knew your freedoms were God-given. Or given to you by a man. And then the Freemasons took over, right? I told you before, George Washington was more proud of being a Freemason than he was being a president. And they switched it up. They handed you with something called a constitution, where a man guaranteed your freedom of speech and your freedom to worship. Well, the same man closed your churches. So remember Psalms 118, verse 8, that says, Put your trust in the Lord, not in man. And again, this in this year specifically, when things are really going to get upside down, and I'm not a prophet, I'm not here to tell you that on May the 5th, this is, no, 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 I'm not. But it's just, how can you not see what's coming? How can you not see what's coming? You just have to prepare. Get out of the two-party system. Uh, like Billy sent me, the goldbacks, right? Find alternative uses uh, because it's just, uh, we're in for interesting times. There you go. I got distracted for a second. I lost my train of thought. Um, a little fired up. Again, this year is going to be, it's going to be something. Uh, next week, we have actually a lot of interviews lined up for you over the next several weeks. Next week, the one and only William Boot, a.k.a. the Jesuit Hunter, will be joining us for the podcast next Tuesday. Um, you know, he works tire tirelessly and drops an episode every week. I think he's on episode 316. Um at Darkness is Falling on BitChute, I will drop his um, the link to his podcast in the show notes today. So if you want to kind of get caught up in what he's been talking about to prepare yourself for next week's podcast, I will have that in the show notes. And again, thank you to Billy and Colleen for your generous donations. Uh, I guess over the next couple of days, again, the Epstein flight log is released, and that's what all, you know, the the, the people who pretend that, uh, again, <clears throat> it's about the election, right? That's the most important thing in your life. That's the people who who are fooling you. And that's the, the, the type of thing that you need to get away from, the divide and conquer stuff. Okay. Uh, we do have some stories to talk about today before we get into our top subject. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to play a couple cool um, audio clips for you. Just remember, guys, in a time of universal deceit, Telling the truth is a uh, revolutionary act. And we used to play that. That was our bumper for our radio show, right? In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And that really says a lot about our society today. Tr telling the truth should be heroic. It should be expected. But you live in a world full of deceit. Right? So it's up to us to be bold. Isn't that funny? You have to be bold to be a truth seeker, right? It should be expected of us, 100%. So let's get into some of the things that are leading the news. And uh, speaking of the radio show, you guys remember one of the things we covered uh, during that week was how many of these hospitals were endorsing or not not even endorsing, but carrying out 
the, these children's uh, transgender operations or supplying them with whatever medications to start, um, you know, changing the boy to a girl, whatever. In many cases, these people started as early as 10 years old. One of those people was the mayor of Boston. And you guys heard a couple of weeks ago, she had a party that excluded white officials. So if you were white and you were part of the Boston, uh, you know, government, you were not allowed to come there. So the attorney general's office, of course, correctly, uh, was notified and received numerous complaints over the quote-unquote divisive holiday party. And that may be uh, the most under, <laughs> right, the underrated thing to say, that it was divisive. Um, the story goes, Massachusetts Attorney General Andrea Campbell is not investigating the Boston mayor's electeds of color holiday party after many discrimination complaints were filed. Earlier this month, Mayor Michelle Wu's office sent an email invitation to City Hall staff to an elected of color holiday party, first reported by the Boston Herald, that, of course, the email was only meant for the city council members of color, but, oops, accidentally sent it to all. And the attorney general received many complaints. Wu is the first Asian-American mayor of the New England metropolis, and um, the spokesman for the attorney general said that her office has no open investigation into this event and does not seek one. Campbell's office has received uh, four complaints about the event from officials, three of which uh, were filed um, by people who did not want to, I guess they, it was <clears throat> people don't want to address who it was. The Massachusetts public accommodation law prohibits, among other things, quote, and again, this is the law, making any distinction, discrimination, or restriction in admission to or treatment in a place of public accommodation based on race, color, religious creed, etc. You guys know how it goes. Now, let's put it in reverse. Let's say uh, Boston Mayor George Hobbs um, was inviting all white people to a, a white celebration party. But instead of emailing only the white people, he emailed everyone. This would be the top story on CNN, MSDNC, faux news. I mean, everything would be all over the place. And then, of course, the divide and conquer scheme would continue. Maybe many of the right wing uh, news outlets would champion me as a hero. And, and, of course, the left ones would call me uh, the next Hitler, the most dangerous man since Donald Trump, <laughs> right? And all these type of things. Uh, but when it fits the narrative, it's championed. But when it's not, well, what are you going to do? And, again, the attorney general's office has declined to investigate, saying that since the event was not open to the public, it cannot and does not violate the public accommodation law. But I'm not sure how that's, uh, <laughs> listen, discrimination is discrimination. It doesn't matter if it's public or private. 
you should be held to a higher standard. I've said this many times when you are in, uh, you know, this place of responsibility. So once again, um, she garnered backlash for the event, didn't care, carried it out and hasn't even mentioned it. Or, uh, you know, there's even a picture of the people of color party right here in the article, which uh, will be in the show notes for you to peruse. And again, if it was me and eight white people, oh, come on. We'd be on the front page of the New York Post. Boston Mayor George Hobbs, a damn, you know, white supremacist. Unbelievable. It's, it's really more divide and conquer is what it really is. But at the same time, uh, it is at the very core discrimination and racism. Um, so there you go. Uh, this is interesting. I really wasn't going to read it, but I just kind of thought I'd throw it out there because anytime there's something that is an ex CIA analyst, it it just kills me because there's no such thing as an ex CIA analyst. Unless listen, maybe they were jacked up and and they got filed or or I should say not got filed. Um, they got fired. But uh, this Georgetown University professor who spent 12 years as a CIA intelligence analyst is warning that diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts and the overall politicization of the intelligence community have become a significant problem and that he is confident that those agencies will attempt to interfere with the 2024 election. Uh, Sure, that's part of it. It, It's a small part of it. But again, this select not elect thing has been going on for a long long time now you know is there voter fraud sure i mean we saw it in philadelphia when people were uh boarding up the windows so people couldn't look in of course listen folks listen there's no way that joe biden got 81 million votes but donald trump isn't a hero either come on that guy was so proud of the vaccine, right? He, he's he's he so proud. He is granddaddy of the vaccine. Look at some of the things he said. Everybody go get your shot. The vaccine is a great thing, and people should take advantage of it. Uh, don't let the libs win when you promote vaccine skepticism. So, again, he was even going off on his own base who uh, <laughs> were going out and talking negatively about his vaccine. He said, once you get the vaccine, you get better. Take the vaccine. It's working. The vaccines do work. It's tremendously successful. And then he also said, this is a quote, people aren't dying when they take the vaccine. And of course, this guy also supported the red light wall. Uh, what was it called? The red light laws. Take the guns first, ask questions later. He, he put in agent of the Rothschilds, Wilbur Ross, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for beating a dead horse, but my, my whole point is the, 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 the whole federal government, which is the greatest divide and conquer scheme that they have in place and the controlled media, right? The, the, the operation mockingbird media goes hand in hand. And instead of paying attention to the thievery, the deceit, the usury that has enslaved us, we get more worried about spending 30 seconds every four years going into a booth, pulling a lever and putting on a sticker that said, I voted. How brave. When you're literally less free 
then we reportedly, you know, as the story goes, went to war against King George III. How much of our history is true? Who knows? The author says, my guess is that the proverbial deep state, that's another thing, the deep state, within the intelligence community will reemerge because presumably Republican candidates will again be seen as a threat to the internal policies that many intelligence people uh, like Dr. John Gentry, author of the new book, Neutering the CIA, Why U.S. Intelligence versus Trump Has Long-Term Consequences. Well, the fact is, all these three-letter agencies need to be gone. The CIA, the FBI, the IRS, the ATF, all of them need to go. So stop getting, let's stop getting worked up at the, at the federal stuff. Really, it's about arguing about something that shouldn't even exist. If you'd like to read the, the rest of the article, which talks about Hunter Biden's laptop and all of these stories that continue to be regurgitated over the last four or five years, right? And it's, we're not accomplishing anything by regurgitating uh, this information. It, it, it's getting rid of big government. And how, speaking of that, how about big government uh, and Green Day, right? Green Day is a supposedly punk rock band. And, and again, I'm not supporting MAGA here, but it's just funny that that punk rock was based on um, anarchy, as in no government. And, and now you have <laughs> one of the biggest punk bands of all time, Green Day, kissing the boots of the Biden administration. I mean, come on, what has happened to punk rock? Right, London Calling. Go listen to that album, and then listen to Green Bay, uh, Green Day, excuse me, and how they were licking, uh, you know, big government boots. Right, it's just all too much, really is. So, I have a clip to play for you guys, and you guys know Chris Sky, right? During the whole COVID thing, he was a big player. Huge guy, always wore tank tops, and he's tattooed all over. And he was all about the truckers for freedom and all the things that were going on in Canada. Well, a lot of people, as you guys know, there's a lot of snow. My mom's a snowbird. She goes to Florida for the winter from, like, November to, to April. Well, a lot of people are starting to go to Mexico within the last 10 years for various reasons. One of them is your dollar goes a little further. And Florida is, like Texas, uh, a lot of the semi-woke people are leaving California and, and Portland and St. Louis. The people have money. And New York. Look, we're getting the New York folks here in Delaware, by the way, which is driving real estate through the roof. So you got interest rates that are at the highest in years if you're trying to buy a house. But now you're also competing against people from New York who have a much more expendable income and can outbid people for, for their properties here. It's a real problem. So a lot of people who used to go to Florida all the time are now going to Mexico, and that's what this guy does. And in the past years, and this is uh, compliments of the Hal Turner radio show, uh, in the years past, Mexican businesses would welcome and prefer U.S. dollars for transactions. Not anymore. According to Chris Sky. And there's been other people uh, cited this. About 90% of Mexican retailers are now refusing to accept the U.S. dollar. And you, you have seen over the last weeks, months, and year, all these people who are joining BRICS. 
and it is threatening the dollar. Check out this video. What's going on, everybody? I am in Mexico right now, actually Playa del Carmen, about to go to the gym. But I wanted to point out a phenomenon that I've noticed because I've been coming to Mexico a lot over the last couple of years, and I've been coming here for over 20 years in general. However, in the last year, something very strange has started to happen. Before, when you would come here, when you would pay for something, if you pulled out American dollars, they would prefer it over pesos. They would literally beg for it over pesos. Now, I'd say around 90% of vendors, including gas stations, most restaurants, and every small vendor, solo peso, solo peso, no dollar. They don't want American dollars. They don't want you to pay card either. They'll charge you more, but at least they'll take it. Most will not even take American dollars. So what the hell does that tell you about the so-called world reserve currency that's currently the walking dead, already dead and somehow still afloat and not collapsed? But even the average Mexican business will no longer set your American dollar. And if they do, they'll give you an exchange rate of like 15 pesos per dollar. Yeah. It's getting scary, guys. As for the U.S., you guys got to wake up. Got to wake up indeed, folks. That's huge. <laughs> more and more people stop accepting the American dollar. That means that the, the dollar is getting devalued. And again, a collapse in addition to a world war, that would set us back 100 years. And the hardships of many would be endured. That's why, again, it's you've got to be proactive, not reactive when it comes to this type of stuff. Uh, thanks to AlTurnerRadio.com. Uh, I'll have the link in the show description. Um, I had another article here. So I, I don't remember if I mentioned this before. And if I have, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, we talk about today, obviously, episode 217, Death from Above. We'll be talking about chemtrails, okay? But it's not the first time where this geoengineering has been going on. Uh, while many people think that chemtrails have really taken off in the early 90s to mid-90s, uh, they've been doing this type of stuff for a long time. Operation Sea Spray in the 1950s, where it got much of the city of San Francisco sick, you know, spraying uh, these chemicals on the people. Uh, of course, Operation Popeye with Vietnam, flooding the roads down there to, to try to slow down the North Vietnamese. And then uh, someone sent me this about the Royal uh, Air Force, the uh, English Air Force rainmakers caused a, a flood back in 1952. So the story goes, on August 15th, 1952, one of the worst flash floods ever to have occurred in the Britain swept through the Devon village of Lynmouth. 35 people died as a torrent of 90 meters of tons of water and thousands of tons of rock poured off saturated Exmoor into the village, destroying homes, bridges, shops, and hotels. Now, the disaster was officially termed the hand of God, but there's new evidence from the previously classified government files that suggests uh, that a team of international scientists working with the Royal Air Force, was experimenting with artificial rainmaking in South Britain in the same week and could have very well played a hand in what happened that day. Squadron leader Len Otley, who was working on what was known as Operation Cumulus, told the BBC that they jokingly referred to the rainmaking exercise 
as Operation Witch Doctor. His navigator, Group Captain John Hart, remembers the success of these early experiments. Quote, We flew straight through the top of the cloud, poured dry ice down into the cloud. We flew down to see if any rain came out of the cloud. And 30 minutes later, it did, and we all cheered. Now, the uh, meteorological office has in the past denied that there were any rain-making experiments conducted prior to 1955. But a BBC Radio 4 history investigation uh, has unearthed documents that recently released at the Public Record Office that shows that they were indeed going on from 1949 to 1955. And there are logbooks on hand and personnel that corroborate the evidence. So, of course, prior to that, the Ministry of Defense had categorically denied knowledge of any cloud seeding experiments taking place in the U.K. during early August of 1952. However, the documents suggest that Operation Cumulus was going on between August 4th and August 15th, 1952. The scientists were based at the Cranfield School of Aeronautics and worked in collaboration with the Royal Air Force and the MOD's meteorological research flight based at Farnborough. The chemicals were provided by ICI in Billingham. The Met Office reports that these dates describe flights that were undertaken to collect data on cumulus cloud temperature, water content, icing rate, vertical motions and turbulence, and water droplets, ice crystal formations, and more. So it's a very interesting story. It's another uh, piece of evidence that lends credence to the fact that, you know, our system has been manipulated for quite some time. And if that's the fact, it should lend more credence to what's going on today. It it truly, truly should. And that's going to kind of segue into our main topic for today. And I have several stories to, to kind of read from that really resonated with our research. Before we do, I just wanted to take a minute and, um, Uh, A longtime friend of the show, Bobby Davies, who corresponds all the time. Um, We talk about supporting like-minded people. And, uh, of course, we don't accept sponsors or anything like that. But Bobby created this really cool game, and it's called MUR, M-U-R. And it's a a new chess-like strategy game. And MUR is an acronym for Monstrum Ultra Regnum. And it's inspired by the book of Genesis. It's a two-player conspiracy puzzle designed by Christian inventor Desmond Davies. From an ancient Greece to the New World, the philosophical attack on ancient cosmology began with Plato's Atlantis. Later, the 1626 AD book New Atlantis was written as a blueprint for colonizing the United States and the establishment of modern science, the very science which has brought us NASA as well as artificial intelligence. Inspired from the book of Genesis, Mer represents the ongoing Christian battle against the occult on the New World. Mer is designed to facilitate the defeat of artificial intelligence at the hand of common man by being the first open system game. 
Defeating the New World Order's precious AI system leads to the defeat of the secret, elusive Kraken. The New World Order. Let there be a revival of Christendom within the hearts of men. Defeat the system. Defeat the monster. And the link, www.merfederation.com, will be in the show notes. There's videos to learn how to play. Beautifully crafted boards and um, playing equipment. It's really, really cool. And again, if you like strategy games, you know most of our listeners are, are critical thinkers, and I think you will enjoy this game. And as we say, support like-minded people. Desmond has created this game. Um, please do uh, support it. Again, the link, merfederation.com, will be in the show description. Uh, and thank you, Desmond Davies. So... Let's get on with today's podcast, which is Death from Above. Why Death from Above? Well, uh, we know with COVID and everything else, there's been so many guesses and observations about how they are getting people sick. Uh, of course, with the germ theory, people believe that there was a, uh, you know, this germ that was created in a laboratory. Some people say, you know, China. Some people say Ukraine. Some people say uh, University of North Carolina. Uh, early on, I suspected it might have been Fort Detrick in, in Maryland. And there were so many things going on prior to 2020. Remember the whole vaping issue? Everyone was getting sick and all, <laughs> all the symptoms were the exact same symptoms of the flu. Then there was the towns around Fort Detrick having the highest flu numbers in August and September that they've ever had. I think by September 15th or maybe September 30th, they had over 3,000 flu cases in the one little town around Fort Detrick, Maryland. And then, of course, there was the optics that they put in place in March of 2020 with the USS Comfort on the East Coast and another boat in San Diego on the West Coast because, well, the hospitals were going to be overflowing with people. The fact is the people that did go to the hospital were killed with intubation and remdesivir. But there was so many other side effects. People postponed uh, things that they should have gotten done early and maybe succumbed to cancer and things later on. Take your time to research mortality rates. They're the highest they've ever been. There are more than just vaccines because of it. There's so many. Because people, it has created people to be indoor creatures. They're not getting their proper vitamin D. Right? Say what you want about driving to work and the ozone layers and this and that. But many people have the, the whole work at home has increased by, I think, by 9% over the last four years, now that we're in 2024. And of course, like I said, people were putting off their surgeries, putting off their testing, and maybe things that could have been detected early weren't. Right, and those hospitals were going to be so overwhelmed that uh, the the TikTok nurses were trending all over the place. The doctors, and it's just on and on and on. And if you dared mention that, you know, vitamin D and exercise and things like that could help you, well, you were deplatformed and called a monster. And God help you if you mention that horse dewormer medicine, right, <laughs> or hydrochloroquine. So, you know, we really, 2020 was a bizarro world. 
That's why, you know, you have to, for the last several years, I've gone back every six months and replayed the voices of COVID for you to remember how batshit crazy things were. So when it happens again this year, you're not caught off guard. Now, is it going to be the same playbook? Of course not. It's going to be a modified playbook with many, many, many corkscrews thrown in there. But don't forget, and I may come on later this week to do another episode because there's a lot an awful lot of shady things going on behind the scenes that people aren't really paying attention to. And I'll tell you what, keep an eye on Marburg and the Marburg vaccine and the Supreme court. More on that later, but it's important to note, how are they getting us sick? If it's not necessarily germ theory. Okay. Now you had certain people that were saying maybe it was, um, you know, the poison in the water it was a Dr. Artis, Dr. Brian Artis said that they were poisoning the water. And I said, well, what about all the people who have wells and this and that and the other thing? And if they're putting, you know, all the chemicals in it, how is it affecting the poison? I, interesting observation. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm saying well, that's one option. But this whole time, you know, you look up, you see the chemtrails. So the reason we're doing this episode today, I mentioned before Christmas, my wife and I got out of the car. We'd gone, I think, to the butcher, maybe to Sam's Club or something. And we looked up, and the skies were chem-blazed like I'd never seen before. Over the last two weeks, I have gotten dozens, plural, of emails stating that their skies have been emblazoned with chemtrails like they never have before. And then over the last two weeks, I have so many reports of people being sick all over the place. My wife has been sick for a week. The second time this year, she she's never gets sick, never gets sick, no vaccines, eats healthy, good shape, on her feet all the time, right? Gross most of her, her own food. You know, of course, you know, we dabble with, you know, pizza every now, you know, we, we live life in moderation, but she's in much better shape than I am. She's eight years younger than I, she, you know, she's 46 and healthy. The second time, and she's been sick for a week now. And I, I get these emails from all over the place that they're sick. So I'm convinced because, listen, we have a well, many people have a well, that they are spraying us. And, and the, the spray is coming into the ground, getting into the wells and making people sick. Or it's just the particles we're, we're breathing. Now, obviously, the people in the know know where to be. Be away from, you know, when that town's getting sprayed. And, and don't say, well, how can they do that? Well, Anybody who's a longtime listener and has gone even, you know, two steps down the 9-11 rabbit hole, 22 years ago, they had the Odigo message system, right? A certain group of people knew not to go to the World Trade Center that day. The one guy who did was at the club till like 4 a.m., overslept, got up, ran to work, got in it like, you know, right before the planes hit but all the other Israelis who had the Odigo message system knew not to go in that day. Like our friend, lucky Larry Silverstein. So anytime these things go down, they know, they know for sure. So is there a tie in between quote unquote COVID the flu, this thing that's going around, everybody's coughing like crazy. Is it 5g? Is it chemtrails? Is it a combination of both or, do they have the technology to put these microorganisms in, spray them, 
and then to be able to control, activate them with 5G. So I thought it was important that we go back prior to or right about the time COVID happened and, and to look back and see how people were approaching these things. And there was an interesting um, article from the CRAS files. What you need to know about the coronavirus, and this is from the Millennium Report. And it, it talked about the coronavirus being the ultimate bioweapon, right? And it's this disease process caused by COVID-19 um, that they like to call the COVID 5G chemtrail chemtrail syndrome. So the the summary goes that the coronavirus syndrome is not just a simple coronavirus named COVID-19 by the World Health Organization. It's a far more complex pathogenic microorganism and disease process than the medical authorities are aware of. More significantly, it is the biological ideology and environmental causation that must be correctly understood if the syndrome is to be successfully treated. Now, look, I don't think they got as nearly many people vaccinated as they wanted to. So is this just another form of vaccine? Are they vaccinating us through the air? You know, we talk about often, we talked about how there has to be this, um, like they can't force it upon us. It's kind of a breach of contract, right, between good and evil. Let's just call it what it is, between, you know, Satan. He has Rome down. He can. He has a lot of power down here, but he can't um, overstep free will. But there's something about 9-11, 22 years ago, and changed, 22 years, four months, that changed everything, Right. Uh, people say to me, well, what about war? Where's the free will with that? Listen, nobody forced people. Sure, you got to draft. And listen, <laughs> again, I am not bashing people. I'm not condemning people. I'm just stating a fact that free will was not overstepped. When somebody gets a draft notice, they had a choice between going to jail or going to war, and they chose war, Right. Yeah, I, listen, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. I, I did the same thing. I was in the military for a long time. But the fact of the matter is, in retrospect, when you truly think about it, that's not an invasion of free will. We choose to go fight another person because our government tells us they're bad. Right? But they play it out cleverly. They don't do it just like that. They don't just come on and say, hey, guys, Iran is a real threat. We need to go fight them. No. They have to invoke us emotionally, whether it be uh, Naira al-Sabah, with the story of the Iraqis throwing the babies out of the incubators or huge visuals with the World Trade Centers being hit by what I believe were drones, large drones, or uh, controlled aircraft for sure, or even going back to December 7th, 1941. They needed that uh, to be on the front page of the New York Times and your local newspaper to get you emotionally involved, Right? And that's what they have to do. So according to this, there are three primary elements of COVID 5G hypertoxicity syndrome. First, there is the pathogenic microorganism, which was intentionally weaponized in a U.S. military laboratory as a specific gene pool that is a targeted bioweapon called COVID-19. Secondly, 
there is the overwhelming impact of 5G, and the author says even 4G and 3G were harmful, and other electromagnetic frequency signal ranges and microwave transmissions on vulnerable individuals with respect to triggering COVID-19, as well as sustaining or intensifying the disease. Now, it is true that the first 5G towers were activated, for, for lack of a better word, on November 1st, 2019 in Wuhan, China. Right? We do know that the World Military Games took place during uh, the days leading up to that. They, there were soldiers who had been to Fort Detrick prior to that. Uh, they flew from D.C. to Seattle. Seattle was the first case in the United States. And again, this is all based on germ theory. Right? And of course, Seattle is home to Bill Gates, who is from Seattle. Seattle is in King County. Elvis Presley was known as the king, and he got his polio booster on Bill Gates' first birthday. Uh, and that was the big, I think up to the time of that, of Elvis's infamous, I don't know if it was live, I think it was live TV, right, guys? I don't think it was just like an image. I think it was actually, he did it on live TV. Um, I think before that, 3% of the American population was vaccinated against polio. And within a couple of weeks, uh, it was close to 90%. So TV is, you know, we talk about how powerful television is, guys. I mean, you talk about, at the time, let's just say there was 150 million Americans in 1958 or 59. Um, you talk about going from, you know, 7 or 8 million to 220 million in, in a matter of a month. That that's that's big, guys. And again, it all goes back to War of the Worlds, 1938-39, whatever that was. And seven million people calling emergency services and, and water towers getting shot. They realize that with every new way of broadcasting, people would believe whatever came out of it. You know, see the moon landing and everything else that goes along with it. So, again, lastly, what we're going to talk about today is the, the, the global chemical geoengineering regime that sprays chemtrails. Now, that's a big, big rabbit hole in itself. Who was behind it? Did they really know the, the, the pilots and everyone else? Now, obviously, is it coming out of, like, I almost said TWA or Eastern Airlines. That's how old I am. And Pan Am, they're all defunct. But, you know, United or American. Uh, you know, or these special planes uh, by whether it's Mossad or uh, CIA or just black ops that work for the top of the food chain. Because it is all about population control. And in both definitions of that term, population control, as in they want people dead, they want more people dying than being born, but also population control to control us. They don't want free-minded people. They want a group of workers who do what they're told. And they are starting to notice, again, with the Internet, it was a double-edged sword for them because look at us gathering tonight, having this conversation, a bunch of like-minded people. Uh, the truth community is growing. Okay? Now, there is... Chemtrails could be, as we say, um, 
barium and aluminum, which, you know, is the BA and AL on the charts, right? There's your bell or ball. But many people also believe it is this super vaccination agenda, which contributes considerably to the state of hypertoxicity of each individual who contracted COVID-19 or the flu or illness, uh, basically to the severity of which is determined by their toxic load or what their body can burden, right? So let's talk about 5G. The, the three greatest clusters of the coronavirus syndrome on each continent were located in the three major cities which had already experienced what was essentially this military deployment of a 5G power grid. Quote, this is also why three of the most serious coronavirus outbreaks on three continents, Asia, Europe, and North America, took place in a major metro area that had undergone advanced 5G rollouts. As I previously noted, Wuhan, but also Milan, Italy, and Seattle, Washington, respectively. All of these three, uh, excuse me, all three of these 5G demonstration zones have produced the highest COVID-19 infection rates and mortality rates in the world today. So there was undoubtedly some kind of correlation between the intense deployment of 5G and the incidence of the coronavirus syndrome. And again, take a few minutes, Google, you know, radio, uh, you know, radio poisoning, that kind of thing, and look at the symptoms. And, you know, you look at how radio waves really broke out in 1917, 1918, and what happened then. I do believe it had. So what I believe is these, anytime there's this large change in, you know, the, the deployment of radio waves like that, and these exceedingly powerful and harmful energies that change. Now, our bodies do adapt to everything, but when it changes, it, it, it significantly weakens our immune system. So basically, people who were living in these quote-unquote 5G demonstration zones were inevitably more vulnerable to these seasonal influenzas and especially the highly opportunistic and virulent uh, COVID-19. So they would turn on the 5G. People's you know, immune systems were weakened. So let's say usually 2,000 people got the flu, maybe doubled or tripled because their immune systems were intentionally weakened. And I always say we pay for our, our slavery. We pay for our illnesses. Who doesn't have 5G phones? Right? Who doesn't have Wi-Fi blaring through their house? Now, again, I do believe that our bodies usually do adapt, but I have noticed since 5G, the latest you know, generation, which the G stands for, I think people have been more tired. The energy has been lacking, and I think it is a big problem. Uh, I think, you know, let maybe go back to being hardwired and cutting out the uh, the Wi-Fi in the house, but I think there's really something to this wireless Internet and our health. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And you can always send us an email to thefacthunter at mail.com. 
There have been several medical researchers that did declare that 5G actually triggered COVID-19, which then sets into motion this unique disease process that manifests differently into each patient. Because there appears to be a bioengineered capacity for COVID-19 to mutate in vivo. The symptom set can change quickly or slowly, which thereby eludes proper diagnosis and effective treatment. The longer any patient is exposed to a 5G environment, the more severe the symptoms will be. Now, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm not going to name the farm, but when we lived in Texas, there was a family farm that was maybe 10 minutes away from us. And they were paid by, I want to say it was AT&T, to have a 5G tower on their property. Now, there's lots of people that have 5G towers on their property, and they get paid money from the company. You know, that company is like renting your land. They set up uh, their tower. Not all towers are on public property. That's a fact. And I will tell you that the gentleman who owned that farm got deathly ill in 2020. Uh, listen, we had already moved, but we kept uh, on their Facebook page. And uh, he had a very rough goings for a long time. It, it's easy to, to get, hey, do you want you know $5,000 a month so we can put our tower on your property? It's hard to say no, especially in a day and age where it seems like you go to the grocery store, you, you get one of those, you know, the, not a full cart that you push, but one of the little baskets that you carry around, you fill that up and it's almost $100. So it's hard not to say no, but if you don't have your health, me and my wife were just having this conversation this morning, you don't have anything, right? Health is foremost, right? Your faith in God, the love of your family, and your health is so important. And if it just everything is based on your health, if you're not feeling good, your whole day is ruined. And again, it feels like we pay for our own demise, right? We pay for our Netflix subscription. Now, I don't. <laughs> but, you know, to be brainwashed. We go to the movies to be brainwashed. We listen to music to be brainwashed. There's great music out there. But the, the, the stuff on mainstream music stations, whether it's Sirius XM or your local radio station, is propaganda. It's filth. There's very little redeeming music out there. You have to find it on alternative uh, music sites. But I think there's something to, you know, th these radio waves that, that are making people sick, this, this 5G environment. Not only did 5G seem to trigger the onset of COVID, but it also appears to cause this extraordinary mutation and morphing of COVID-19 altogether into this different type of pathogen. Um, it was quite similar to the um, what they call the Epstein-Barr virus, which you know, evolves into stage four after passing through stages of decades of latency. So it, it's really interesting. I think it's something that we need to take another look at because there's I think I've already seen commercials for 10G. Now, would it be interesting? You know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to real quickly put in, when is 10G coming out? <clears throat> and if it's this year, it's going to be funny. The Xfinity 10G network will bring fiber-like speeds and perks to cable. Inter okay, so it's coming in cable uh, first, so maybe not so much Wi-Fi. 
but I guess if it's through cable and you put it through Wi-Fi, who knows? But uh, if you have Xfinity, it's coming. Maybe some people have it already because it said it's coming in 2023. Um, yeah, interesting times for sure. Let me get back to the article here. Let's talk chemtrails. Uh, another piece of the, the puzzle, a big puzzle, is chemtrails. And that really, for the most part, is outside of our ability to control, right? I mean, I guess if you want to walk around, <laughs> any of the military you know, veterans listening to this program know what MOP4 is, M-O-P-P, Mission-Oriented Protective Posture, uh, right? You have your gloves, your, your top, your bottom, your boots, and your gas mask. Uh, outside of that, you're, you're in harm's way. And there are toxic chemtrail aerosols that are being sprayed incessantly into our skies. The, in, the immense volume of chemically mobile aluminum alone is slowly poisoning all of humanity. And, and the barium, the, the strontium, the lithium, aluminum, and all the other chemical contaminants that are released into the troposphere via these chemical geoengineering programs uh, are being conducted worldwide. Right, a lot of people struggle with crops. You know, the the story of the ladybugs dying off. Bugs, you know, the the bee population was being harmed. It was obviously one of the side effects, probably of the chemtrails. There have been, there has been, I should say, a substantial intensification of chemtrail spraying operations, especially over the last decade. It's really increased, and again, before Christmas, it was through the roof. It was quite alarming. And honestly, I wasn't shocked to hear so many people getting sick. We noticed it. It's hard not to notice it anymore. One of the first things we do when we go out, we look up at the sky. You say, oh, I'm probably going to have the sniffles in three days. But the incidence of both chemtrail syndrome and chemtrail flu have been appreciable and alarming on increase. The radical uptick in neurological diseases, such as autism spectric disorder, uh, ADHD, dementia, that's gotten huge. Alzheimer's gotten huge. Parkinson's, uh, MLS, ALS, cerebral palsy, uh, epilepsy, Guillain-Barr syndrome, Bell's palsy. All of that is proof that there are major environmental factors such as the unprecedented profusion of airborne aluminum, which is a proven neurotoxin. They will tell you that it's you're destroying the carbon footprint. You need to stop. Did you guys see the article? We're breathing too much. There was an, actually an article a couple weeks ago that said we are breathing too much. So if y'all could stop breathing, maybe we could save the earth. <laughs> it's just uh, moronic. So, again, uh, there's only one way the atmosphere could have become so permeated with so much chemically mobile aluminum so rapidly, the nonstop chemtrail spraying of toxic aerosols worldwide. The real problem here is that the blood-brain barrier that surrounds the olfactory nerve is not eight cells thick. It's only four to six cells wide, which means that a lot of aluminum is now getting into the brain. So, of course, this bioaccumulation of aluminum is also taking place elsewhere 
in the human body where it will cause other serious diseases as well. So going back uh, before we go to the next uh, article, before the Industrial Revolution, there was a very little atmospheric aluminum, okay? The toxic heavy metal had been safely locked up in the Earth's surface in bauxite, where it would do very little harm to the human bioorganism. Now, you have the advent of the coal-fired power plant industry. You have massive volumes of coal ash flying around. You have a highly regulated waste product, which was produced and contains a large percentage of aluminum oxide. And all this stuff goes back to Alcoa, which also is responsible for the fluoride in your water. So, again, death from above, death from Petro, uh, choose your poison, as, as they say, right? So what the chemical geoengineers decided to do was to put this hazardous waste into the chemtrail formulations because of its hydroscopic nature. So some of the waste goes into your drinking water, and the other parts of the waste goes into your lungs. They're killing us, folks. They're killing us. Let's talk about the list of illnesses from chemtrails that can make you sick. Uh, and this is from seven years ago. Royce Christen is the author. Um, you know, and the big question they start the article is, chemtrails are widely debated phenomena. Are they real or are they just the talk of crazy conspiracy theories? And, of course, we played the the articles for you before where they tested the, the water and, uh, you know, there was the barium and aluminum. And, uh, that's really cool. There's people who put these devices on trees to capture what comes from the chemtrails. And again, regardless what people think, there are people around the world who are reporting illnesses that are associated with chemtrail spraying. Also with unexplained deaths of animal and plants life, which we talked about before. Um, so the symptoms associated with chemtrails, they're called the big four. They're the four most common serious illnesses associated with chemtrails. Number one, aneurysms. Components of chemtrails are believed to block arteries and weaken arterial walls, leading to aneurysms and eventually deadly strokes, which is number two, strokes. Uh, nanoparticle aluminum builds up in capillaries, causing blockages, eventually leading to aneurysms and strokes. Number three, heart attacks. Barium, barium aluminum, there's your ball, dramatically lowers potassium in mammals, leading to heart fibrillations and heart attacks. In fact, barium is used in animal testing to artificially induce heart attacks. Right now, what have we been seeing over the last three years? That Right, they've tried to normalize, um, right, uh, SIDS, the sudden infant death syndrome, and, and now they're trying to do SADS, sudden adult death syndrome. You see athletes collapse, and these are world-class athletes, folks. It's, it's something you haven't seen before. So maybe some of it is indeed from the vaccine, but let's not forget what's going on in the skies above. I do think that the barium in the air is lowering the potassium in our bodies, and it is indeed leading to heart fibrillations and heart attacks. Remember, remember this, right? They test on animals. Barium is used in animal testing to artificially induce 
heart attacks. And then, of course, the big C, right? Cancer. Most of the components of chemtrails suppress the immune system. So when the immune system is suppressed for extended periods, what happens? The cancer grows and it thrives. And then there's a number of symptoms. Fatigue, headache. Fatigue's a big one, guys. I, I have so many people complaining of just they don't have the energy anymore, right? Headache, sinus pain, muscle pain. Uh, insomnia, tooth decay, and, and the things we talked about you know, in the previous article, um, the serious diseases, whether it's uh, Bell's palsy or um, all of that stuff. And again, these symptoms are being experienced by a rapidly growing number of people around the world. They are commonly associated with the appearance of chemtrails. Now, Many of these symptoms are also commonly associated with mercury poisoning. A few other items are associated with aluminum and barium toxicity. So the toxins that make up chemtrails often have health effects that are cumulative. So let's say you're not affected by the spraying now. You could be very well affected in the future. So it's important to think about the children, just as most symptoms of mercury poisoning do not generally appear until mercury reaches a certain level in the body. The same goes with chemtrail toxicity. It appears to work in the same way. Okay. So, you know, The journalist here has spoken with many people having the symptoms that increased over time as they were exposed to chemtrail spraying. Now, this cumulative effect is all the more reason to get involved in stopping the spraying, even if you're not uh, experiencing the symptoms now. And we're guilty of that, right? We don't get, uh, we don't really become activists until it directly affects us, even though we see it happening all around us. As long as our lives aren't affected, we're good to go. But once it affects us, then all of a sudden you want everybody else to care about you, right? And again, I'm I'm guilty as charged too. I'm not preaching to the choir here. I understand. So here's what I was talking about earlier. There have been uh, stories of deaths of entire ladybug colonies after three extremely heavy days of spraying. Others are witnessing massive die-offs of ladybugs. Uh, in many other areas as well. There have been unexplained continuous deaths of bat colonies. Over 11,000 bats died in 2008. This disease is be called, uh, being called the white nose syndrome because it is baffling experts. And then, of course, everyone has heard about the massive bee die-off. The United States and the United Kingdom have both reported to have lost one-third of its bee population. Now they will blame it on you because of the car you drive and this and that you're breathing too much or your cows are farting, but it it is probably because of the chemtrails. And then there's the soils. They're be contaminated with the very high levels of aluminum. And if that's the case, I'm sitting here bragging about how I grow my own food. Well, the stuff that's outside of my greenhouse, I'm probably eating stuff that has been saturated with chemtrails. Brown pelicans are dying in California. Of course, this is another mystery. 
but they have found a residue on the feathers of the dying animals. And of course, there's the largest whale die-off on record, mystery crop damage, on and on and on. So we really, really, really need to take a look at chemtrails. Lastly, I was really intrigued to find this article from 10 years ago. Um, And again, uh, chemtrails poison is ruining Rhode Islanders' health from above, and you may not even know it. This is, uh, of all dates, November 22nd, 2013. Um, And it's simply, uh, I'm sorry, it's written by Robert Allen. It says, ever look up in the sky and notice military or commercial jets releasing long smoke lines? Well, they're not smoke emission. They're called chemtrails. And it's poisoning Americans everywhere in this country. Remember, jet emission dissipates in minutes, which is contrails. And, you know, we always joke about the uh, Leave it to Beaver episodes. They actually mention contrails in one of the episodes. Not chemtrails, comtrails. And that was mid-50s. Now, Again, then it formed to clouds 20 minutes later and changed a beautiful blue sky morning into a dark gloom day. Uh, real contrails dis, you know, dissipate within minutes. But just one of the chemicals being sprayed profusely in chemtrails is aluminum, which causes all sorts of health problems, which we've just talked about ad nauseum. The chemicals attack the nervous system primarily and cause everything from disturbed sleep, nervousness, emotional instability memory loss, headaches, and even impaired intellect. So whether this is an intentional or accidental side effect of chemtrails spraying remains disputed. Now, soil and water samples are being tested at the top of Mount Shasta, which uh, is in, let's see, Siskiyoya County, California. And according to the author, those levels are high enough to kill a moose. And according to this, the highest reading so far is 4,610 times the maximum contaminant level for drinking water in California. And of course, he talks about many of the things that we talked about, brain degeneration, aching muscles, speech problems, anemia, impaired liver function, on and on and on. And again, in addition to uh, this continuous exposure to barium and aluminum, um, you're also poisoned with strontium, um, strontium, excuse me, 90. And while this statement may take your breath away, chemtrails are taking your breath away as well. Strontium-90 is used as a radioactive tracer in medical studies and in studies of agricultural crops. It is also used in beacons for navigating, remote weather stations, and space vehicles. (laughs) Strontium-90 is used in electron tubes to treat eye disease as a radiation source in the industrial thickness gauges, but it was never meant to be inhaled or consumed through the water or soil. So if this compound dissolves in water, the chemical will dissolve in the moist surface inside the lungs. Strontium will then enter the blood quickly. And if the chemical form of strontium does not dissolve in water easily, a small amount may remain in the lungs. Health problems 
pardon me, can develop lowered red blood cell counts, including anemia. And of course, it goes on and on and on when, you know, it talks about when it's coupled with GMO monopolies, right? And, and the pharmaceuticals and vaccines, it's, you know, it could be a death sentence, not, not to be dramatic, but it certainly could be. Many aware conservationists and environmentalists are aware, uh, aware excuse me, of the chemtrail damage to our biosphere. Breathing nanoparticles of toxic metals into the lungs bypasses our primary immune system's defenses. And, and that's why I say there's, you know, you can avoid getting the vaccine. It's really hard to, you know, dodge these nanoparticles. Right? These substances make their way into the blood directly from the lungs' capillaries. And then aluminum gets through the blood-brain barrier. But don't worry about it. <laughs> Did you know Monsanto has patented aluminum-resistance seeds? How did Monsanto know there would be a need for aluminum-resistant seeds? Hmm. Just a couple of years ago, an Arizona resident collected certified medical blood tests. There were documents from seriously ill Arizonians, sent them to several state and federal elected officials demanding an investigation. The blood samples showed extremely high amounts of either barium or aluminum or both. None of the people whose blood was taken none of them had worked ever with hazardous materials containing those items. Many of those people were retired. In the past couple of decades, deaths from respiratory disease in the United States have been increasing, right? My dad died from pulmonary fibrosis. I can't believe it's going to be five years this March. In two months, it'll be five years. It's unbelievable. Never smoked a cigarette a day in his life. Uh, and, and like I said, these rates are going through the roof. Between you know respiratory disease, asthma rates have doubled in the Western world. Alzheimer's, autism, through the roof. And barium can be linked to mo- multiple diseases, including respiratory and aluminum, to these neurological afflictions. So again, even if you're not directly affected by these nanoparticles from chemtrails, your immune system is adversely affected and it's forced to work overtime with yet more environmental and these food pollutants and toxins and you know the people who are still getting vaccines with you know more aluminums and things mercury and all this junk that is in vaccines. That is leaving you more prone to more infectious and autoimmune diseases, right? There are many groups and individuals doing what they can to bring awareness to government agencies. But this operation's lit a sealed. If you're new to chemtrails and you're curious, start checking out those jet trails and notice the difference between contrails and chemtrails. You can Google chemtrails, aerosol spraying, or geoengineering for more resources and sites with (laughs) photos and videos. 
But um, if you go to Google and you put in chemtrails, you're going to get all the debunking and Snopes and things like that. So, again, try Yandex, use Brave, and there are articles all over the Internet by uh, critical thinkers who have more information about the story. Okay, it's important to look at everything from multiple angles, angles, excuse me, to get a better understanding. Read everything, listen to everything, and discern for yourself what is true and what is not. Okay, that is episode 217, Death from Above. I just felt, I know we talked about this recently, but the fact that it is something actively going on and people firsthand, I know they're getting sick all over the place. And even normies are starting to notice the connection of the spraying to illnesses um, is something that we really need to dig down. And again, in 2024, if we're going to make a difference, we got to get out of our comfort zone and start spreading awareness to others. So before we do go today, I do have two audio clips I wanted to play for you, as I promised. The first one is really cool. If I played this before, I apologize. But this is a really great take on our current education system, and there's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in it as well. Check it out. What is school for? Feel free to call me slow, but I spent 16 years going to school, and I still don't know. When I finished, I didn't know how to do my own taxes, purchase a home, or apply for a loan. I didn't know a thing about investments, building credit, or getting a job. I graduated at the top of my class, and what did I have? This fancy diploma to sit at home with my mom. But luckily, they did teach me some important skills like factoring trinomials and how mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I'm so happy I remember the Pythagorean theorem because it helped me a lot. Okay, I'm lying. Let me stop. Because all the stuff they taught me, truthfully, I forgot. Mom, remember when you would ask me, what did you learn in school today? And I would say, nothing much. I wasn't being modest. The truth about it, Mom, is I had already forgotten. And it's not just me. Millions of students sing the same song. How many of you guys avoid eye contact with the teacher to try not to get caught upon? Afraid to raise your hand for fear of being wrong, which proves that school isn't an environment for learning or building up the intellect. It's just a game you play for grades and how many A's you can collect. But I guess what do you expect when the most commonly asked question in class is, is this going to be on the test? <laughs> is this going to be on the test? <laughs> See, if school put learning instead of testing and memorizing as the top standard, then the letter F would not stand for failure. It would stand for find another answer. And if school was really interested in our personal and academic success, students would wake up later, have more freedom and homework a lot less. And that's not my opinion. This conclusion has been scientifically tested and proven. And any teacher that doesn't believe me, feel free to check my works cited page to inspect. Oh, and I did it in MLA format because I know that's all you will accept. See, students would get more benefit from an extra hour of sleep than putting them through the torture of an extra essay, reading 150 pages, doing problems 1 through 60 on the worksheet, and having three projects due by the end of the week. Not only is it pointless pain, but it's also dim-witted because we get so much work, but they don't teach the time management skills to deal with it. See, in school, we are controlled by bells. We have to learn in rooms with the feng shui of a prison cell. We have to ask permission to relieve bodily functions, but not before the teacher asks a million questions like, why didn't you go before class? I'm sorry, my bladder is kind of on its own schedule, and it's not always timely. See, teachers always say, use your time wisely. But that never made sense to me. 
Because these six cruel hours of our lives we call school might literally be the worst use of time management ever in history. Think about it. The traditional teaching method is foolish. No, it's useless. Multiplied by the square root of stupid. What they do is they cram information in your head, force feeding you, and then you throw it up on the test. That's not education. That's bulimia. And the more bulimic you are, the better you will do on their assessments. So it's no wonder why so many students graduate mentally and emotionally anorexic. See, school teaches you how to memorize dots. True education should teach you how to connect them. True education teaches you how to catch a fish. School teaches you, yeah, you caught the fish, but you didn't show your work, so it doesn't count. Throw it back. I'm just asking, what is school for? It's not education. That's just not true. If you still think that, you might be sniffing glue. See, the word education comes from the Latin root educe, meaning bring out, i.e. bring the gifts out of a person and make them viable. But school doesn't bring out much. It just stuffs more facts inside of you. Now, now some of that stuff is justifiable. We need reading, writing, and some arithmetic. That's fair. But are you telling me metamorphic and igneous rocks are more important than self-care? If suicide is the third leading cause of death of ages 10 to 24, and Harvard studies suggest the biggest predictor for success is self-control and emotional health, then why the heck aren't we taught how to handle stress, bullies, or rejection? How about anxiety or depression? You know, skills we need for our entire lives. Bro, I don't even know how to cook. I'm honestly surprised I'm still alive. But hey, at least I can name all the battles that happened in the Civil War. Seriously, what is school for? Some say you need it to be successful, and that's something we do not doubt. But do you own a MacBook or iPhone? Did you know they both were created by a dropout? Are you watching this video on Facebook or YouTube? Doesn't matter which you choose. They both were created by dropouts. Ever use Snapchat, WhatsApp, shop at Whole Foods? Well, thank a dropout. Does your home furniture come from Ikea? Okay, don't get the wrong idea. He was not a dropout. Don't be a fool. I mean, how could he drop out? Ingvar Kamper, founder of Ikea, never even went to school. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. He's just picking and choosing. There's millions who didn't go to school that aren't successful. Who is he fooling? And you're right. <laughs> but open your history books and start perusing. You'll find the very people we idolize in school never really had formal and or secondary schooling. I'm talking George Washington, Abe Lincoln, America's best presidents had zero school between them. Ben Franklin, Thomas Edison, shall I proceed? Ernest Hemingway, Mark Twain, Teddy Roosevelt, Margaret Mead. Now please, I'm not saying drop out, because some schools are great and many teachers are rare treasures. I'm saying that there's a difference between people who are smart and people who score better. I'm saying that your future is something that no test will ever measure. Even if that test begins in three letters like SAT, ACT, it's BS if they say those determine your L-I-F-E. No, your destiny is in your hands. You must shape it to be great. So don't expect school to open doors because it's more likely to slam them in your face. Sometimes I wonder about all the dreams lost in school and how much potential goes to waste. If it wasn't for music and YouTube, then I would have been just another lost case. Everybody watching this, please, close your eyes. Imagine a child sitting in the back of some teacher's class in some town. He never raises his hand. He fails most of his classes. But inside of him, there is a passion. And if nurtured and brought out, will lead him to discover the cure for cancer. But you see, I'm afraid that that child's gift will never come out. He will never win the Nobel Prize Award because in class he was ignored and his worth was judged only by his scores. So teachers, principals, parents, advisors, and students, I ask one more time. What 
is school for really 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 well done and if we want to break the matrix we got to think outside the box and you cannot think outside the box in a schoolroom and he had on many good points there really really good and again if you want to watch it again um the link will be in the show notes just it's really good lastly uh, i'd like to close with a 20-minute interview um this is from i think 10 years ago i think the interview was done in hong kong and it's the uh, infamous NSA whistleblower, Edward Snowden. And this clip is entitled, I don't want to live in a society that does these sorts of things. Uh, my name is Ed Snowden. I'm uh, 29 years old. I work for Booz Allen Hamilton as an infrastructure analyst for NSA uh, in Hawaii. What are some of the positions that you held previously within the intelligence community? Uh, I've been uh, a systems engineer, systems administrator, uh, senior advisor uh, for the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, solutions consultant, and a uh, telecommunications information systems officer. One of the things people are going to be most interested in in, in, in trying to understand what, who you are and, and what you're thinking is there came some point in time when you crossed this line of thinking about being a whistleblower um, to making the choice to actually become a whistleblower. Walk people through that decision-making process. Uh, when you're in positions of, of privileged access, like a, a systems administrator for these sort of intelligence community agencies, you're exposed to a lot more information on a broader scale than the average employee. And because of that, you see things that uh, may be disturbing, but uh, over the course of a normal person's career, you'd only see one or two of these instances. Uh, when you see everything, you see them on a more frequent basis, and you recognize that some of these things are actually abuses. And when you talk to people about them uh, in a place like this, where this is the, the normal state of business, People tend not to take them very seriously and, you know, move on from them. But over time, that awareness of wrongdoing sort of builds up and you feel compelled to talk about it. And the more you talk about it, the more you're ignored, the more you're told it's not a problem. Until eventually you realize that uh, these things need to be determined by the public, not by somebody who is simply hired by the government. Talk a little bit about how the American surveillance state actually functions. Does it target the actions of Americans? Uh... NSA and the intelligence community in general uh, is focused on getting intelligence wherever it can by any means possible that it believes on the grounds of sort of a self-certification that they serve the national interest. Uh, originally, we saw that uh, focus very narrowly tailored as foreign intelligence uh, gathered overseas. Now, increasingly, we see that it's happening domestically. And to do that, they, uh, the NSA specifically targets the communications of everyone. It ingests them by default. It collects them in its system and it filters them and it analyzes them and it measures them and it stores them for periods of time simply because that's the easiest, most efficient, and most valuable way to achieve these ends. So while they may uh, be intending to uh, target someone associated with a foreign government or someone that they suspect of terrorism, they're collecting your communications to do so. Uh, any analyst at any time can target anyone, uh, any selector anywhere. 
Where those uh, communications will be picked up depends on the range of the sensor networks and the authorities that that analyst is uh, empowered with. Not all analysts have the ability to target everything. But I, sitting at my desk, uh, certainly had the authorities to, to wiretap anyone from you or your accountant to a federal judge to even the president if I had a personal email. One of the extraordinary parts about this episode is that usually whistleblowers do what they do anonymously and take steps to remain anonymous for as long as they can, which they hope often is forever. You, on the other hand, have decided to do the opposite, which is to declare yourself openly as the person behind these disclosures. Why did you choose to do that? I, I think that the public is owed an explanation of the motivations behind the people who make these disclosures that are outside of the democratic model when you are subverting the power of government, that, that's a fundamentally dangerous thing to democracy. And if you do that in secret consistently, you know, as the government does uh, when it wants to benefit from a secret action that it took, uh, it'll kind of give its, its officials a mandate to go, hey, you know, tell the press about this thing and that thing so the public is on our side. But they rarely, if ever, do that when an abuse occurs. That falls to uh, individual citizens, but... They're typically maligned. You know, it, it becomes a thing of these people are against the country, they're against the government. But I'm not. I'm, I'm no different from anybody else. Uh, I don't have special skills. Uh, I, I'm just another guy who sits there day to day in the office, watches what happening, what's happening, and goes, this is something that's not our place to decide. The public needs to decide whether these programs and policies are right or wrong. And I'm willing to go on the record to defend the authenticity of them and say, I didn't change these. I didn't modify the story. This is the truth. This is what's happening. You should decide whether we need to be doing this. Have you given thought to what it is that the U.S. government's response to your conduct is in terms of what they might say about you, how they might try to depict you, what they might try to do to you? Uh, yeah, I, I could be, you know, rendered by the CIA. I, I could have uh, people come after me or any of their, their third-party partners. Uh, you know, they, they work closely with a number of other nations. Uh, or, you know, they, they could pay off the triads or, you know, any, any of their agents or assets. Uh, we've, we've got a CIA station just up the road in the, the, the consulate here in Hong Kong. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to be uh, very busy for the next week. Um, and that's, that's a, a fear I'll live under for the rest of my life, however long that happens to be. You, you can't come forward against the world's most powerful intelligence agencies and uh, be completely free from risk because they're such powerful adversaries that, that no one can meaningfully oppose them. Um, if they want to get you, they'll get you in time. But at the same time, you have to make a determination about what it is that's important to you. And if living, uh, living unfreely but comfortably is something you're willing to accept, and I think many of us are, it's, it's the human nature, uh, you can get up every day, you can go to work, you can collect your, your large paycheck for relatively little work uh, against the public interest and, and go to sleep at night after watching uh, your shows. But if you realize that that's the world that you helped create and it's going to get worse with the next generation and the next generation who extend the capabilities of this sort of architecture of oppression, uh, you realize that you might be willing to accept any risk and it doesn't matter what the outcome is so long as the public gets to make their own decisions about how that's applied. Why should people care about surveillance? 
Because even if you're not doing anything wrong, you're being watched and recorded. And the, the storage capability of these systems increases every year consistently by orders of magnitude uh, to where it's getting to the point you don't have to have done anything wrong. You simply have to eventually fall under suspicion from somebody, even by a wrong call. And then they can use the system to go back in time and scrutinize every decision you've ever made, every friend you've ever discussed something with, and attack you on that basis to sort of derive suspicion from an innocent life and paint anyone in the context of a wrongdoer. We are currently sitting in a room in, in Hong Kong, which is where we are because you traveled here. Talk a little bit about why it is that you came here. And specifically, there are going to be people who will speculate um, that what you really intend to do is to defect to the country that many see as the number one rival of the United States, which is China, and that what you're really doing is essentially seeking to aid an enemy of the United States with which you intend to um, seek asylum. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there, there's a couple uh, assertions in, in those arguments um, that, are, that are sort of embedded in the, the questioning of the choice of Hong Kong. Uh, the first is that China is an enemy of the United States. It, it's not. I mean, there, there are conflicts between the United States government and the Chinese uh, PRC government but the, the peoples inherently, you know, we, we don't care. We trade with each other freely. You know, we're not at war. We're not uh, in armed conflict, and we're not trying to be. We're, we're the largest trading partners out there for each other. Um, additionally, Hong Kong uh, has a strong tradition of free speech. Uh, people think, oh, China, great firewall. Mainland China does have significant restrictions uh, on free speech, but uh, the Hong Kong, the people of Hong Kong... Uh, have a long tradition of protesting in the streets, of making their views known. The internet is not filtered here, um, no more so than any other Western government. And I believe that the uh, Hong Kong government is actually independent uh, in relation to a lot of other leading Western governments. If your motive had been to harm the United States and help its enemies, or if your motive had been personal material gain, were there things that you could have done with these documents um, to advance those goals that you didn't end up doing? Oh, absolutely. I mean, anybody in the positions of access with the te technical uh, capabilities that I had could, you know, suck out secrets, pass them on the open market to Russia. You know, they always have an open door, as we do. Um, I had access to, you know, the, the full rosters of everyone working at the NSA, the entire intelligence community, uh, and undercover assets all around the world, uh, the locations of every station uh, we have, what their missions are, and so forth. Uh, if I had just wanted to harm the U.S., you know, that you could shut down the, the surveillance system in an afternoon. Um, but that's not my intention, and I, I think for anyone... Um, making that argument, they need to think, if they were in my position, uh, and, and you know, you live a privileged life, you, you're living in Hawaii, in, in paradise, and making a ton of money, what would it take to make you leave everything behind? The, the greatest fear that I have regarding um, the outcome uh, for America of these disclosures is that nothing will change. Um, people will see in the media uh, all of these disclosures, they'll know the lengths that the, the government is going to grant themselves powers unilaterally um, 
to create greater control over American society and global society. But they, they won't be willing to take the risks necessarily to stand up and fight to change things, to force their representatives to actually take a stand in their interests. Uh, and the months ahead, the, the years ahead, it's only going to get worse until eventually there will be a time where uh, policies will change because the only thing that restricts the activities of the surveillance state are policy. Uh, even our agreements with, with other sovereign governments, we consider that to be uh, a stipulation of policy rather than a stipulation of law. And because of that, a new leader will be elected. They'll flip the switch, uh, say that um, because of the crisis, because of the dangers that we face in the world, you know, some, some new and unpredicted threat, we need more authority. We need more power. And there will be nothing the people can do at that point to oppose it. Uh, and it'll be turnkey tyranny. And he's not wrong. The, the answer is always more power for the government, less freedom for us. Uh, such is the case. And again, this interview was a decade ago. One closing note before we leave uh, this just coming through, uh, in addition to what we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, senior Hamas leader uh, Khalil Al-Haya is also now reported to have been killed in the Israeli airstrike tonight on the Lebanese capital of Beirut. So uh, again, look for uh, big escalations in the coming days in the Middle East. Um 2024 is here, folks. Buckle up. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your continued support. Keep your head on a swivel. And until the next time we meet, my friends, we will see ya. I know it's been a struggle. I know you've had some pain. I know you feel tired Held down by all the weight Yeah, I know you're feeling lonely Your smile ain't the same I saw you where to go from here Feel like you've lost your way Don't give up, no, don't give in Hope. Don't let go of the promise It ain't done yet He's got a plan Watch him rain down Got a miracle Watch him rain down Got a miracle I can see the strength inside you Child, you're putting up a fight Oh, you're stronger than you think you are Yeah, you're gonna be alright You're accepted, loved, and valued Beautiful, you're shining bright Yeah, you're living, breathing, moving You can hold your head up high Don't give up, no, don't give in Never lose hope, don't let go of the promise It ain't done yet, he's got a plan Watch him rain down the God of miracles Don't give up
You're listening to the Fact Hunter Radio Network. Just the facts, ma'am.